I'm Keaton. I'm Laura. And we love stories and talking about stories. So we're looking at the Bible as a story that's filled with real people. And we're hoping that if we um, show the human side of these people in the story, um, that we'll see God is real too. That's right. We want to try to read the Bible with curiosity and maybe let our imagination do more work than it gets to do when we read scripture sometimes. So we're going to start with the question, what did these people eat for breakfast? And we're going to see where it takes us. How did they start their day? And how did the rest of the day go? Welcome to The Breakfast Translation. I have important breakfast news for us to discuss. Hit me. Have you seen on the news lately? So Denny's, uh, which is a famous breakfast place. Denny's on the news. <laughs> yeah, they have. They have found a way to get into the zeitgeist and to get into our are scrolling news feeds with they're offering right now a, a breakfast shirt that if you pay $5.99 for their shirt, you get this t-shirt that has a QR code on the sleeve. And so any morning for a year that you go into Denny's and they swipe the QR code, you get a free breakfast. That is amazing and unsustainable. I feel like. <laughs> well, I think their assumption is that you might bring friends with like that. Not everybody in your friend group would buy the shirt. Sure. So there's a good chance that in every friend group or family, one or two people will wear the shirt and the other people won't wear the shirt, but they'll come along for the breakfast. That seems like it could still be a lot of free breakfast. Yeah. Well, I think the math on it is it's like over $2,000 a year. And I, I'm sure it's just one calendar year. Right. I'm wondering, do you think they have limited supply? I don't know. I mean, because I think it's the traditional breakfast. So it's eggs and bacon. Sure. And toast, I'm guessing. Yeah. Maybe some hash browns. Or like limited t-shirt supply. Oh, I'm thinking I like see. they only did only like a so hundred. Yeah. I feel like some math person had to tell them. Right. Like, Enough's enough. Here's as many t-shirts <laughs> as can be out in the wild. Yeah. We'll, we'll just have to get ours before we release this on the podcast That's and the right. floods come running in. I would, I mean, I would wear that shirt for a free Grand Slam. Oh yeah, absolutely. Even if it was just like 12 mm -hmm. days. Mm -hmm. I don't know. But that's, I thought that was pretty ingenious of them. Yeah. And it did make me wonder, is there any other company or corporation that you would wear the shirt to get something free from them? I think I'd wear every shirt. <laughs> I'm trying to think what t-shirt I wouldn't wear to get free that's stuff. your computer thinks that you're in the lower 10%. <laughs> we were just talking off mic about yep. who our computers think we are. Uh-huh. And your computer thinks you don't have very many resources. It it. Yes. And here and you that are I'm now an older saying gentleman. out loud in the earshot of, within earshot of your computer. I'd wear any t-shirt for free, free things. <laughs> I kind of, I think that's also, they're probably thinking that that's a, a catchy enough hook. Yes. Which I would agree. Yeah. I'm usually pretty game to like, I'll represent a place or a, a thing I love on a shirt. But I do think it would be, I would have to think about the messaging. Ah, like, <laughs> so not just anything. If I'm wearing that out the rest of the day. Sure. I know. Huh? I would think I would just keep them all, like all 20 yeah. of my t-shirts loaded <laughs> up in my trunk and just <laughs> do a little switcheroo. Yeah. Cause you, and we're going to get into like fitting in here. Mm -hmm. Cause that is a question is like, what, what are you saying to the world when you wear the, yeah, I'm getting free breakfast at Denny's for a year, you know? Right. What are you communicating to the world? And are you happy with that message? Yes. Um, I think I'm going to learn some hard lessons later <laughs> in this episode. Yeah. Well, because you think about like what branding is. And I didn't actually, I don't think I actually made this connection until we started talking out loud about it. But you think of what it is to wear a, a shirt that says a company's name. 
Right. And I think that that has gotten more complicated in the last several years. Like, what does it mean to wear Nike products? Yeah. What does it mean to wear Apple products? Yeah. Because um, companies have definitely gotten play, started playing a larger role in social responsibility, too. Yeah. So there's all, a whole network of philosophies that go behind each company. Yeah. We're more for. aware of what we're supporting with those companies. And I know there's a few places where I wear them and I'm like proud to say, you know, like I, some of what Patagonia has done over the last, some of the places that have made conservation a big deal. Right. Yeah. And I get excited to represent them on my, on my shirt or my shoes or whatever. Um, but I think that we've gotten more aware of that. So there's actually some, there is a connection between the Denny's <laughs> shirt and uh, our topic for today. Cause we're going to talk about Daniel. Do you have any uh, key memories pop up when you think about the story of Daniel? Daniel, I really loved that Veggie Tales. Okay, yeah, <laughs> that's an important. What happened? Do you remember enough about what happened? He got thrown in the lion's den. Okay, and who was who was Daniel in the Veggie Tales? Was it one of the cucumbers or? Yeah, I think it was the cute small um, oh, asparagus. Little junior asparagus. I think it was little junior. I'm not sure. I, what I do remember is that it's the Babylonians that throw him in the den, isn't it? Right. Yeah, um, and they were this tall asparagus asparagus <laughs> and yeah. they were really scary yeah. in this particular episode of veggie tales i have i have a lot of nostalgia and warmth like towards the veggie tales it's controversial though i do too i i yeah. find it very comforting i still watch um silly songs with larry every once in a yes. while but some people do not have a taste for it if they especially <laughs> if they didn't grow up in the christian community yeah. it just uh is very spooky to them <laughs> well it always kind of walked this line of not it's not overtly Christian, but some of the Bible stories would be very weird mm -hmm. to just come across on a TV. Sure. To not, why are they throwing a little asparagus into a lion's <laughs> den? You know, just think about it's that. Thinking about a it. a little weird. Right. Um, without a greater understanding of right. the, the Bible. Yeah. No, I have a big heart for veggie tales. I think they're very clever. Yeah. And the, the silly songs are untouchable, I think. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you couldn't, you could take them into a court of law, but I don't think you could, yeah, convict mm -hmm. them of anything bad. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so just to recap, before we get into Daniel, a few things that are helpful if you're reading along with us, uh, or if you're trying to place it in the, the story of the whole Bible, we're in this moment, we've talked about the Northern and the Southern kingdom of Israel broken up. So there's Israel to the North, Judah to the South, and that made them more vulnerable to hostile takeovers. So we heard, uh, sad Jeremiah predicting that you could get overtaken more often. And that does happen. So we're in a moment of a Babylonian takeover. And specifically, we're in a moment where the king has decided to recruit some of Judah's finest young men. And I just want to like enjoy this description of who the king picked. This is what it says. Young men without any physical defect and handsome. <laughs> Like, I don't know why. I just find that very. You wanted the best looking. Like, bring me the good looking ones. Uh-huh. Like, this is, I don't know if it's to, is, we'll never be sponsored probably by Abercrombie and Fitch, but it's sure, like, bring me the Abercrombie recruit, guys. Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, versed in, which that documentary about, was it about Abercrombie? No. I think so. No, it was about Hollister. Well, and Abercrombie got a lot of flack for yeah, I think that's what it was about. Yeah, that who they were branding their products for and mm -hmm. and who they wanted to come into their stores and everything. Mm -hmm. So speaking of branding, there you go. Yep. Um, so young men without any physical defect and handsome. 
So not enough to just not have any weird freckles or anything. But they had the first credential that he listed too. He goes on to say other things, but first and foremost, first and foremost, they better be lookers. Uh, But then also, it's nice if they're versed in every branch of wisdom, endowed with knowledge and insight, and competent to serve in the king's palace. So enter Daniel. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to, to like give a musical background to that, but all I could think of was I'm too sexy for my shirt. Too sexy for my shirt. Too What's wrong sexy. with that? <laughs> That's what Daniel and his friends walk into. Uh, they show up in, in Babylonia in the court of the king uh, to write said Fred. So it's funny to me. So we call Daniel by Daniel, but they're also all these young men are given, um, Babylonian names. What's always kind of weird to me is we remember Daniel's friends has Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. But Daniel got to stay Daniel. Yeah, Daniel got to stay Daniel. But their actual, their Hebrew names are, here you go, you just got to say them with confidence. Sure. Hananiah, Michelle, and Azariah. Ah. And so they're kind of in this training system where they're going to be brought up to serve the Babylonian king. Mm Mm-hmm. And a part of that is for them to take on Babylonian culture. Right. Hence changing the names yes. immediately. And which is a, a huge identity. Absolutely. Thing, right? If you just walked into a school and they were like, uh, we're going to call you Jane. Right. Well, I don't know about you, but we got Spanish names for Spanish yeah. class, which <laughs> yeah. I always thought was kind of funky. Yeah. I was always was Sophia. close to your name? Sophia. Or was it? Okay. <laughs> Everybody else's was close to their name, but there weren't a whole lot of K names to choose from. I can't remember what mine was. Maybe it's just Laura with the R rolled. (laughs) Laura. I was going to try it, but I'm not good at it. I can't do it. The first time was the closest I could come. Yeah, you did It's too many L's. The L and the R are hard. Um, Mm. So, and a part of that was food. So we're right on brand for our podcast in talking about this story. Yeah. Because a part of that was their names. And it was their practices, but it was also about them eating the palace's food and wine, which I have to say, in my imagination, probably delicious. Right. I would want it because I think it even says like the finest wine, yeah. the finest foods. But their problem with it is that they have these Jewish dietary laws, which are about eating certain kinds of meats, um, certain fruits of the vine, certain like eating at certain times for certain reasons. You couldn't eat anything that was a part of a pagan or non-Jewish religious ritual or situation. Um, And so, but the food and wine was crucial to them gaining strength and staying good looking. Yes. So they said, you need to eat this. And then um, Daniel essentially rejects it and says, nah, veggies and water. That's right. And he kind of says, like, just put us to the test, which is not just putting their bodies to the test, but it's saying put our God to the test. Right. Because he's saying, I will be strong from my diet and I will I will stay faithful to who I believe God is and how that's reflected in my daily decisions. And so they go through this test of for so many days, they only the king agrees to this where they will only eat things that are kosher, that are on the Jewish diet and they pass the test. They get to the end of that stretch and they're not any weaker for it. They're still studs (laughs) so like good looking um and but i remember learning this story not just veggie tales but like especially in middle school and high school we learned about daniel all the time 
Mm-hmm. Because it was this, this big idea, especially with students in churches, I think was this big idea of you either conform to the ways of the world uh, or you stay true to who Jesus wants you to be. So it, it was the peer pressure narrative yes. of how to, how to stay faithful. Yeah. Have you ever been in a situation where you felt like you were supposed to become something else? Did you ever feel that temptation? Maybe not Christian or not Christian, but did you ever feel like you had to change something about yourself? Yeah, I definitely struggle with adapting to whatever group I am in for the sake of providing comfort overall to the group. Something, the silliest way that this takes place is um, it takes me no time at all to adopt other people's accents. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Which I absolutely hate because of course I didn't adopt a Southern drawl (laughs) within 45 seconds of speaking with someone. So yes, it's pretty silly how how quickly I can bend to... To the uh, practices of a group. Um, so I think that if the king asked me to eat the best food and wine in the palace, <laughs> yeah. maybe I you would. Might be a little tempted. I yeah. would be tempted. I'd be tempted. Yeah. I didn't even think about accents, but I, you know, I lived in Tennessee for seven years and I definitely, when I came back to Ohio, had people ask me, where are you from? And I'd be like, Columbus. And I'd be like, Columbus, Georgia. <laughs> like, no. So I, I did like take on some of that Southern draw a little bit. Seven years is a little bit more commendable than <laughs> yeah, <45 laughs> like a three in. minute phone call. <laughs> you're like, uh, uh, all of a sudden you're talking like Dolly Parton. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I think of it because I, I do think when I was in middle school and high school, I was especially vulnerable to, and I was just talking to a friend about this last night, like that there was a lot of temptation to whatever the, like going back to like clothing brands. Sure. <laughs> but like, uh, I remember the store express at the mall used to always like put out like a shirt of the month, uh, like the seasons. And it was, you felt like you had to have that shirt. And I remember several times, like I didn't maybe even like the shirt, but it was like, well, this is, everybody's getting this kind of shirt and you could show up wearing the same shirt as somebody else, but that was perfect. <laughs> Oh, that's what, that's what you wanted. I, and I remember thinking like when it got to be like warm weather and you, you didn't want to show up wearing shorts if everybody else was still wearing long pants. Like, I don't know if students these days are as sensitive about that. I feel like they're more expressive. Yes. It's kind of goofy though, because there's such a diversity in clothes. I have siblings who are, um, younger than I am. So they feel a little bit more, is it Gen Z now? Yeah. (laughs) Um, And there's so much expression in clothes and so many unique outfits that you can wear. It feels like everything goes, but it's like a very specific type of everything goes. Yes. Like you, there's, there's more diversity, but, and there's more, the clothes look more funky, I suppose, but it's, it surprises me how much it's a specific type of funky. Yeah. Like you can easily go outside of that, which I didn't realize. I thought it was sort of like a, and you can't get made fun of and you're, you see, you can just express yourself however you want, but it's gotta be the right butterfly clip. It's gotta be the right (laughs) flare jeans. And so it's it's almost like you're supposed to look like you don't care, but you have to care very much. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's interesting. I feel like it was, it was also kind of more fundamental like this big idea that the when you know we just give it capital letters but like the world is going to tempt you um and I do think I even as a kid was maybe like what if the world has good ideas (laughs) you know like not in a bad like not in a bad way I think what I don't know that it says black and white has Christian culture is always the best and the outside world is all terrible ideas or unholy ideas necessarily. Um, But they felt a clear distinction. I think especially when you're in a moment of vulnerability, like they are like they're in captivity. (laughs) And so especially in that moment, it would feel like you had to hold on to who you are. 
and that something about your home, your identity, you would have to hold on to that. So it doesn't surprise me that they would. I don't think they're hanging on to this for culture wars. I think they're hanging on to it because they think God has called us to be faithful and to be God's people. And we could easily lose that because this wine is so good. Sure. And this food is so good. And so I, I think it's deeper than culture wars yep. is my sense of it. Um, so these Hebrew, Hebrew boys are standouts in the program. Daniel especially has gifts for visions and dreams. Um, and he's in a volatile environment. Uh, the king, Nebuchadnezzar, uh, flies into violent rages a lot. And um, he demands, there's a few moments where he, you know, he lets them do the vegetable test. But there are other moments where he demands that everyone worship these statues of golden gods. And this is what I remember is that there were like there were songs about like not going to bow to your idols. That was like one of the big Christian rock songs that I remember as a kid. This big idea of refusing to bow to idols. Did you learn any of that? Was that a was that language you were used to when you were younger? It was language I was familiar with, but it'd be quickly followed up with an explanation of what idols could okay. be. So you yeah. can worship things and you can worship clothes and yeah. Things of that nature. Yeah. And I remember being kind of torn because some of the things they would call idols, I'd be like, that seems good. Right. Like, like maybe music or sports. Music or, 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 mm-hmm. Yeah. And I remember being like, but these are valuable things. I don't think we want to toss them away. But in, in Daniel's case, it's very clear to him, especially he and his friends in exile, very clear to them that to worship these, these gods would be trouble. And it's actually worship, right? It's not just like appreciate high value the beauty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's a, an act it's like of bow worship. down, yeah. bow down to this statue of the King. Say that this God is better than yours. So there are a couple moments where it comes to a peak where Daniel and his friends stand up against the King. Uh, in one instance, they're thrown to a furnace, uh, that is described as so hot. The people who are carrying out the punishment against them are killed. That's how hot this is. But miraculously, Daniel and his buddies are not burnt up. And in fact, there's this this interesting little note that it seemed like there was a fourth person in the fire with them, which is not characteristic of, I don't think we have a lot of stories in the Bible where it's like God was secretly there. Yeah. You know, it's I know. I love this story and it does feel, it feels unique. Yes. There's not a lot of stories. Like God is not tricky in the Bible. It'll say God was in the fire, in the wind or God, you know. That's not a normal thing for God to just like sneak into a story. But here they're just sort of like there and there was another presence in there with yeah. them. Which when you think about the poetry of that. Yeah. How cool. That you're you're not alone in the fire, right? That God is, takes the heat with you, uh, sometimes literally. <laughs> yeah. And so there's also the story that you mentioned with the this a new king comes in, uh, King Darius, and same thing happens. He has demands. Daniel and his friends refuse to to meet them. He's also kind of threatened by Daniel, isn't he? Yeah. Because he's doing awesome and people yeah. like him. So he feels a little he's bit. without any just, physical defense. Or other people yeah. feel a little bit daunted, the people around him. Yeah. Who wouldn't be a little bit intimidated by that? I am. Yeah. And especially because Daniel, again, he has this vision for dreams and interpretation. A lot like we saw in Joseph. This this way of reading the room, of reading the the times almost. And so King Darius throws them all in the lion's den. Daniel, again, uh, survives. And so that's a big part of his story is that he stands up to the empire and that every time God is faithful and brings him through that. So 
We know literally sometimes what Daniel has for breakfast. Yeah. It's kosher vegetables. Right. It's what God has said is okay for them to eat. But do you have any other sense? What else do we learn from him? I have about well, breakfast? I feel like his biggest things that stand up to me are just his, his faithfulness and his steadfastness. So yeah. whatever it is, it's, it's routine and it's every day. And he feels confident that it's the best thing for him. Yeah. He's definitely, uh, pays attention to the details. Yep. So he's not going to let, he's not going to have like an Applejack's day or a Frosted Flakes day where he just lets go. Mm-hmm. He's very diligent um, with his, with his food. Do you have I, any thoughts? I just think that that, I, I don't have a funny thought about that. I think it's actually really an important note that the things we take in can be reflections of our values. So in the same way that we're kind of more aware these days of the clothes we wear and the brands we represent that I imagine he would have only wanted like ethically sourced food. Right. You know, then maybe he would have demanded local eggs or that he would not eat with bacon. Conscientious they didn't eater. Do that. Yeah. But, but maybe that, that he cared about the source of the food um, in a way that wasn't just like trendy but was meaningful. Right. Cause I mean, obviously food has meaning to him. Yes. And the way that he truly did practice. This is habits. a reflection of my values and my character and my connection to God is how I eat. And so that he wouldn't have just eaten something casually. He was, yeah, he cares about the, its story and the origins and its implications. Yeah. And so I think in this instance, it's actually really important for us to pay attention to the, the food in the story and to what, how does that translate to us? Um, I think it's important for us to say before we finish this episode that there are cultures for where for which this persecution is a real threat. Uh, we sometimes I think in America, especially or in the West, are a little too quick to call persecution when it's just culture wars, it's just a clash of values. Um, there are still places where if you don't bow to the local idols, you could feel ostracized or persecuted. So I think it's just important for us to look at this story and make sure we understand the real threat of persecution that other Christians and other cultures live with, that that's still a real thing. And maybe the invitation to us, I don't know if you have a thought on this, but I think the invitation to us might just be to kind of grow in awareness of how our identity plays out in some of those decisions. Does that make sense? Like being aware of what we're doing to fit in. (laughs) <laughs> for better or worse. Right. And, and maybe just paying attention to who are we, who do we belong to and whose opinion do we care about? Mm-hmm. So what does God, what does God think of me wearing the five ninety nine Denny's breakfast? T-shirt? Sure. You know? Like that should be my deciding factor. Not what do the other people that I run into like who, what are my filters for what's valuable and important to me? Yeah. What does and faithful look like now? Is God at least that primary filter? Um, is I think an important, an important timeless question that we can, we can certainly learn from Daniel and his friends uh, about today. So we've learned a lot about what it means to be faithful. And if you want to learn more, join us next time on the breakfast translation. 